0: This episode is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Enjoy the episode. I want to ask you, how you segwaying into bodybuilding how you've best prepared for a bodybuilding physique competition what we could start off with this what do you wish you could have done in your first few competitions or any one of them that you know now that maybe you weren't doing at that time in preparation for your competition
1: i great question really great question i haven't i haven't thought about this in a long time <laughs> um i wish i prioritized my sleep i wish i would have slept more that would have helped a lot in my progress to get in better condition especially with recovery too. recovery as well yes it would improve it would have performed it would have improved performance no matter what I wish I would have dieted down longer or more smartly. That's what I wish. I didn't know any better. And I, at the time, I loved my mentors at the time. I learned so much from them. But uh, I feel I could have pushed things a bit harder with regards to my conditioning and time in the gym such that I looked like this immensely great example on on stage of hard work and commitment and work ethic. That's what I wish I I, I would have changed.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could argue that you know if you did everything you needed to do to look your absolute best that day. Where have you... Where was one of your competitions that made you feel like like they, it was like almost the the most memorable one, and it, it was an element of a lot of what you did to prepare for it and how you felt that day. I just love to hear. I had one of my employees um, who, who resigned. He doesn't work um, for for me at Good Life at my location anymore. But I just I could see so much dedication in him for his prep for his competition coming up he lived and breathed the element of wanting to just be in the best shape of his life so much that actually there were certain things that came second including his job Mm -hmm. where I was like listen man we got to make sure like at the very minimum okay I respect I know competition time it is really the only thing you could think about I tried my best to help him Mm -hmm. manage his expectations better to be a little bit lower In my opinion, I think they were still quite high for him, and that was just our own challenge. That aside, he was just all he could think about at every second of every time, and he needed 16 weeks to prep. Sure enough, with all these COVID things happening, he wasn't too sure if he was going to go. Nine weeks out, they said, guys, we're doing the competition, let's Mm -hmm. go. So he refrained from signing up, and then he's like, okay, I have nine weeks to prepare for something that takes 16 weeks. So he stepped on the gas, and he did what he needed to do. Now, in your case, you know, tell us about that memorable time and then like why it stood out so much compared to every other competition you've done.
1: Two things. One, the most memorable memorable time I've had on stage was probably my second ever show in London, England. And that's when I think there were closer to, four hundred fifty or five hundred people in the audience, all cheering for me. Um, that was amazing. That's when I won. I won my class um, in my second show. That was that was some. Like I've never felt so much support from people I didn't know. That I won't forget. That was that was lovely. Um, second, um, and this is in no particular order, but I feel in terms of it'd be memorable because of the growth of me as an individual was in 2019 when I had my new mentor, Jordan Peters. And the, it, the bar was set so high in terms of expectation from him because he wants me to be my best. He doesn't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste his time. I'm paying the man and he wants to see me deliver and so he's commanding a level out of me that I thought that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, high. You, you are like, like. I can't jump that high. Yeah. Like I can't jump. <laughs> and so that it's over the course of that 2019 prep, I learned so much about me as an individual as, as to what I can take, endure. And suffer to look the best um, it was there were several challenges i had to overcome it was how do i even better manage my performance at work because the last thing i'll let go of is my performance at work that that is i that is priority you know for me currently bodybuilding doesn't pay me a cent it doesn't so many people might say why do you even do it um I do it because I'm passionate about it. But first and foremost, my work is the priority. That's what pays my bills. And so it was this constant bouncing act of, you want to be the best in Alberta? Okay, you want to be the best in Canada? Guess what? Your work still is priority. That trumps everything. So across the spectrum, it was it was this bouncing act of meeting the expectations of myself and not letting down my mentor while also pursuing this demanding career. Hence, that process in 2019, for me, was the most memorable because it was the most I've ever taken on in my life in terms of managing expectations. Was it draining? Yeah, it was draining. But did I succeed everywhere? Yeah, (laughs) I succeeded
0: everywhere. You you managed to juggle it all, Mm -hmm. right? I take it that you were still performing to the highest ability in your work and then some and then you're preparing for one of the biggest bodybuilding competitions of your life yeah yeah how much do you find people should compete in anything like i i want to know your stance on that how much has it helped you from now being an official competitor Right? I mean, at first, oh, okay, let's just do this to look good. Let's do it to feel yeah, good. All oh, this yeah. is nice. Learning about how to build up the body and gain lean mass and have chiseled abs all at the same time. What was that Pradeep like compared to the Pradeep who now has competed? Mm-hmm. You know, you've put yourself out there. You needed to be the best in your age and weight class and everything else. How much has it helped you actually perform through work? Immensely.
1: I feel the the older version of me, obviously much younger, naive, and didn't know any better. Um, The individual back in the day, early early 20s, who was uh, in uni, clubbing, having fun, uh, because there wasn't the competitive aspect, there wasn't a deadline to meet, because there wasn't the expectation to perform, it didn't always transcend into my university work. Now, because I have much higher expectations of myself to perform and be at a certain level, I expect myself to be this good as... I I, I forgot where I've I've said this, but people pull up random quotes of me sometimes in my DMs. Um, I... If this is my level of achievement today, this will normalize and say, this is, this is now normal for me. When I used to think, oh, it's a high level of achievement for myself. So what used to be here, this is now normal for me. And then now this race is far even higher. So I increase that expectation. Because I, I increase the competitive expectation that equally follows through my work. This is what we achieved last time. Okay, now that's normalized. Let's achieve something better. Okay, now let's try a little bit more. What more can we do? It is just this continually growing path on both parts of the spectrum. And I feel my time and maturity as growth as a person has lend itself to that.
0: I like that point you made about, you know, setting the bar. It reminds me of this TED talk I was watching. It was, it was so. I'm, I'm a very visual learner, and I like metaphors, and that's why with what you said, it makes me think of this. The gentleman said that our life is kind of like a bunch of rocks inside of a big jar, right? And in order for you to look at however many rocks are in there, you can, you can distinguish that there's some really big rocks and there's some really little rocks. It goes back to when we first started talking about there's going to be the things that big rocks, hello, Laundry, taking after your family, your day-to-day job, those got to stay. There's all this other things that can go away. Those are the little rocks. So once you decide that you're going to put a really big, huge rock in there that's not going to go anywhere, it's naturally just going to replace the space in which the little rocks are holding in order for you to make it fit. So I can't imagine the level of sacrifices, the genuine sacrifices you needed to make to fit in competing for a bodybuilding competition i want people to know and respect that i'm sure there were sacrifices that happened it just naturally needed to happen what were some of those little rocks for you Pradeep? where once you took that big huge rock of competing and i'm sure it was what you even thought about in your day-to-day job and that was a switch that just kind of naturally stayed on maybe it was dimmer during the day and it came right back on you know firing up with this fluorescent led lighting Mm -hmm. as soon as five o'clock hit you were ready to Take ownership on on taking after that. What were the little rocks? Um, what did you replace that time and energy with? And why, looking back, was it so important to respect that there were going to be some things that needed to be replaced?
1: One great visual reference. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that was, that was that was very nicely put by yourself, Kenny. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I've, when, when it came down to me being low in energy and time wasn't in abundance, my bit of my social life had to take take a backseat. I couldn't spend as, as much time with my friends at the gym. I kind of banter and talk. Uh, I couldn't be at Nando's, in, stuffing my face with, with, with chicken, <laughs> yeah. like I couldn't, or oh, peri Peri Fries, I couldn't do that. Um, I couldn't be out and about going late night drives, just chilling, relaxing. Like I had to understand that Thankfully, I have friends who know why I do this and they respect me enough to not get their feelings they, like, They understand I'm competitive by nature and that they are willing to appreciate the sacrifices I have to make. And I might not be able to give them as much time, but they also understand he's doing this for a reason and I'm going to, I'm going to support him along the way. And so part of my social life had to take a backseat. Uh, do I feel bad about it? Not really, simply because my my time was very precious to then perform at work and outside of work within bodybuilding. Um, so my social life took, took a bit of a backseat. My bedtime had to be on point, um, like stalling on social media, no posting, none of that. Um, it, just a little bit of distractions here and there. Uh, I'm not saying having friends is a distraction by any means, but it's about just managing that time with them. Uh, again, like I've said before, the time management skills I had to improve through this journey was, was the, one of the biggest things I've learned.
0: Yeah, wow. That's it's very honest. And it goes back to your point we've made, I believe, Prior to coming on air was, you know, it's, it's we were talking a little bit about friendship and recognizing that there's a true level of acceptance that comes into play. You know, when my brother and I were speaking, we were in Abu Dhabi and he's just like talking to me about the sacrifices he's had to make in his UFC debut and in the lead up to the past two years when he chose that this is it. This is only it. This is what I'm going to make my money off of. This is what's going to pay my bills. This is me putting my life on the line. And very similar to you, Pradeep, he said, you know what, man? He's like, you don't think I miss once a week hanging out with my friends and catching up? He's like, that's the first thing that had to go because what I'm putting my body through requires such a higher level of rest that includes more sleep, um, more more time to sit down, because I'm like my body is is my job. You know, I have to be very carefully aware of you know where and how I'm moving because I have to preserve it for mm-hmm. for for the level of athleticism that I'm bringing to the table when I train. So it, it's just it's really unique to respectfully recognize that if you have good enough friends that are like, hey man, I get it. I think that's a tough thing about relationships, right, is I think that's a whole other conversation where it's yeah. like that's when it becomes even tougher, like, you know, to find that right person who's like, hey, I get it, you know, it yeah. becomes a different relationship yeah. at that point because you are forced in the sport you're choosing, not even forced, but it just comes with the territory. It's a very selfish thing to do to put yourself out there and and be almost naked to showcase what you've done to optimize your body, it's selfish, but it's beautiful because there's so much vulnerability at play. Mm-hmm. There's, hey, look at me and look what I've done to focus fully on myself mentally and physically, to be here today, to flex and smile in front of an audience of 500 people, or to potentially fight in front of all your loved ones and know that no matter what happens, you know, this is the best possible version of myself right now. And win or lose, this is what I'm showcasing. And I'm okay. To go so hard into it, I'll, I'll, will I'll die trying. Mm-hmm. You know, because you recognize that it was worth all those sacrifices to be mm-hmm. there.
1: One with with your brother's fighting career, has he ever told you that? Yes, I, I realize I am. What I'm doing is quite selfish.
0: Big time. It's yeah. it's one of our. It is the <laughs> it is the theme around what we talk about when he prepares for a fight or does what he does it's it's why there's been i'm sure he won't mind me saying this like such a challenge in balancing and being there for others because his career choice and what he does is is very self-gratifying as a fighter yeah it's me 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 even in training Mm -hmm. yeah you have your team but you're there to think about okay well what am i doing today that's gonna make me a better fighter yeah. It was really interesting one day where he's like, man, it was one of my training partner's camps and I was like, I debated whether or not I should go that day because maybe I could have used a rest day, but I went and I'm really glad I went because even in that practice that was servicing his training partner because it was a camp around building him up to prepare for a fighter, he learned something. He got to go in there and be like, oh, I didn't expect to learn something, but ooh, I'm going to add that into my toolbox. And you're constantly—you have to think about yourself, and it sometimes does come at the at the detriment of everything else going on the wayside. And you you have to recognize that that's just the life you're living right now.
1: Yeah, it, one I I have to agree, and and I, I'm sure anyone who has a partner and has someone who com, ha, is competitive in this sport, it is very selfish. There's. It's. It, it, I have nothing else to say. It, I know that what I do is selfish. But it is selfish for a period of time. It is a period of time where it's very selfish with respect to the time required to meet the end goal. Um, is this the nature of the beast. There's no two ways about it. But in that same fashion, it is a luxury to say, I am going to die it down. It is a luxury to say, I'm choosing not to eat. Because can you imagine, there are millions of people outside of our, between your circle and my circle, outside of our circle, who we, don't, who we don't even know, who are saying, where's my next meal? I need to find food to eat. Versus I am saying, and many other competitors are saying, I'm choosing not to eat. So it's a luxury to, I've, I mean, hence why I'm, I'm, I always have to put things into perspective. It is a luxury to be dieting down and to get into condition, whether it's for an MMA fight, like your brother, or for myself and other competitors to step on stage to look our our best, so to speak. It's a luxury. Um, At the same time, it's also very selfish. And I think accepting that, that for a period of time, it will be like this is something we all need to come to terms with to some degree.
0: It's so true. And it's it's so funny when you mention that because you said something there that reminds me so much of how <laughs> when you when you set the date for the comp, everything changes mm-hmm. like that. And it reminds me so much of like in comparison, you've got the one temple, you know, a Gurdwara or it's a place of worship. Whoever is religious, non-religious in any sense, it can be a place where the community comes together. Let's just say that place is vacant. No one ever goes nobody ever goes a single person shows up uh there might still be an expectation or a level of you got to keep the place clean every once in a while there might be a person that comes in or out then you compare that temple to the one where every damn day there's going to be people showing up it is on the corner of the street where forty thousand cars come passing by very high traffic very high energy everyone always goes it's got a good reputation and it always needs to have its lights on Mm -hmm. now in comparison to like the human level and how we perform and how we naturally become wired to make decisions. It's funny how if I relate both those temple concepts to a person who decides to compete, you know, talking about how like the benefits associated with that. Once we have a day where we know we need to show up, there's people who are gonna be watching, there's uh, going to be some sort of result oriented metric associated with from people watching and judges critiquing there could be an opportunity to be the best version of myself to be the most outstanding community center in edmonton now the the reality is we're gonna want to clean up and we're gonna want to keep those lights on and we're gonna want to do everything we can so people keep showing up Mm -hmm. but now if we know that there's no competition happening Mm -hmm. there's not something we got to look forward to only one or two people come a week. Oh, and one or two people come a week, okay, that's when I'll maybe do a little bit of a cleanup. I'll make some roti, I'll make some, rooty, I'll make some mm-hmm. dal, you know, just for one, two people. No big deal. We're not going to bring the whole family and everyone together to to orchestrate something because at that point, there, there's nothing to show anybody. And I think to me, if you're on the same page with me here, Pradeep, I get so excited at telling the world that I have a competition show to, to, to show up for mm-hmm. because it makes me that much more dialed into not eating junk food not going out not drinking being focused on thinking about that and how i'm going to look and perform because i know now more people know and more people are going to show up and that's what makes me feel like i'm that temple with the lights on all the time and have to be very aware of how i'm going to make those decisions
1: that's really interesting